how's it going, everybody? That's right. If you're hearing my voice, it is another magical episode of the Coven Podcast. And this week, boiling in the cauldron is something toxic. Oh, no. Toxic masculinity. <gasps> dun, uh, dun, dun. It's, it's an issue that plagues everyone, not just men, but also women. And, you know, men, they, they can't deal with it themselves because men can't, like, <laughs> acknowledge their own feelings. This is just a hard fact. Yeah, hard I disagree. Fact. Oh, <laughs> so we do have like an actual person of the male persuasion yeah. on this podcast because we didn't want to do that weird thing like that. There's been like a panel of like women in gaming and it was like all men yeah. like talking about women in gaming. Or, we don't know, want to emulate that when whatsoever. There was a, when there was a panel of white men talking about women's health. Oh, I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. Beautiful. So therefore, we, we do have Jeremy on as our guest. And I am your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of Lavelinks. And joining me today is... Cora Wilson, your Druid of Decibels. And our token male. Jeremy Rogers, the Wandering <laughs> Wizard of Woe. Of Woe. Whoa. Whoa. That's the the same type of woe. Okay. Just to clarify. Good. Okay. So I have have some token mail. I'm sorry. I don't want to (laughs) like actually tokenize you. I'm I'm purely being sarcastic. And note that I am being sarcastic when I list off these hard facts about men. Mm -hmm. One, they can't cry. Two, they want sex all the time. And three, Men cannot be raped. Facts. Facts of life. 100% solid. Got them written down. Facts. <laughs> They're not facts. We're going to refute no. all of this during no. this podcast because um, within feminism, issues that affect men should be discussed because feminism covers issues of gender and oftentimes it's femininity specifically that's attacked and mm-hmm. so when men portray femininity in any way then that's a tra- uh, like attacked even if that's just like human people being people like people mm-hmm. have feelings and get upset and everyone should allow be allowed to do that yeah maybe Yes. I mean, there's, revolutionary whoa. idea. Whoa! There's and like there's just this weird stigma that like when you're like oh I I remember seeing so often or even just nowadays like little boys that are like two or three crying, and then it's like you know hey you better stop crying like you need you need to stop crying, but little girls it's like oh it's okay like you'll be fine like they almost like let them yeah have their meltdowns or let them it, cry and meanwhile like little boys in like the supermarket that cry it's like you need to stop you're embarrassing or you know you need to stop having up. a meltdown yeah you are too you are beyond this <laughs> you are you too were... old to be acting like this you yeah. are a boy and big boys don't cry yep, yeah there it is there it is but women can cry all the time mm-hmm. and it's pretty freeing honestly being able to cry all the time the other day i cried at a korean drama and i didn't realize i was crying <laughs> I, was, I was crying and like not really why am i crying like i was so into it and then i was like oh oh my god my cheeks are wet what is this <laughs> but yeah yeah i think but like you said i think it starts very early this mm-hmm. like kind of like gender association of like uh, the the weirdest thing is always to me where it's like going up to like a toddler that like toddlers look very agender to me minus mm-hmm. like what they might be wearing but it's like oh he's gonna be a lady killer one day and it's like it's like your baby <laughs> is literally a not fully formed like blob of skin and <laughs> not even fully calcified bones he's not gonna be killing any ladies hopefully yeah. um, <laughs> like no or like a child like lulls their head around because they realize they can move their neck now and it's like ah oh, 
He's on the lookout for girls. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, no, I think he's sitting there going, oh my God, I can, what is this? The world exists. <laughs> it's amazing. But, uh, and this, this continues on into adolescence. And I think especially um, teenage boys have a lot of expectations of how they're meant to behave. And one of those things is that uh, they're totally into girls or mm-hmm. anyone else that they're into and they pursue that entirely with their entire being that's all they Mm -hmm. think about is like sex or relationships or whatever not really relationships because that's that's what girls think about yeah we're thinking about the the means to the end Mm -hmm. i guess but um so recently american idol is still a thing and that still surprises me sometimes that it's like still on yeah i'm just like the, the last one that i really remember was like adam lambert and like that was the last memorable one for me. Yeah, I don't know who's who's coming after, out of after that. There I'm anymore. just like American Idol. <laughs> yeah, I I I would have figured like other shows like The Voice would have taken over that kind of audience, but mm-hmm. but we're still here. But anyway, American Idol is still here, and Katy Perry is one of the judges on American Idol. And uh, during those infamous like uh, audition processes, those are always fun to watch. But um, there was a 19-year-old boy, and he was very talented. He was really mm-hmm. good. I don't remember if he, like, went on to the next round or not, because that's, that's not what's being covered by the media. What's being mm-hmm. covered is that he had mentioned that he had never been kissed, mm-hmm. and he's never kissed anyone. And um, so there was this whole thing of, like, him coming up to the judge's table, and she was going to kiss him on the cheek. And uh, he kissed her on the cheek, or she kissed him on the cheek, and then when he went to kiss her on the cheek... She turned her face in order to kiss him on the lips. Yeah, I think I think it was he was explaining that. Oh, because I, I think she was basically like she was basically doing the male gaze, but at all of these men that were on the show. Because there's another contestant that mentioned that I had read about where she was just like she basically wanted to devour She's the like, guy. Hello, yeah, hello, sir. And, <laughs> I am going to objectify you a and little bit. And he felt right really now. uncomfortable. But this particular, the young one. Um, the 19-year-old, he had was explaining that he hadn't had a girlfriend um, and that he was saving this kiss that he thought was really special for this person. And she was like, hmm, well, no. I'm a celebrity, so I can take what I want. And then when, like, she did that, she was like, oh, like, almost like almost like a frat boy. Like, oh, haha, I did it. Look at me. Punked. And he, he was just kind of like, okay, um... And then, like, awkwardly walked away. Yeah. It, it's certainly not the best situation to be put in, like, regardless of who you are, gender or otherwise, because it's like you're on national television and someone just kissed you that you don't know, but you know, like, of them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just kind of weird. Uh, but he said that, um, you know, he was upset that that had happened mm-hmm. and you know he he was you know that was a really core part of his idea about you know kissing that he wanted to save that for someone special and now it's kind of gone but he does say that the media has blown this out of proportion that we're talking we're talking too much about it we're making it into a bigger deal than it is but i feel like had the roles been reversed mm-hmm. had it been a aspiring 19 year old girl and i don't i don't i can't think of like a pop male pop singer like i would never accuse him of this but like bruno mars but yeah. if like bruno mars had been like on the 
uh, panel and he'd been like, oh, you never had a kiss, huh? And like stole her first kiss. There'd be a very different conversation oh, happening. Yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty safe to say. Yeah. I feel like a lot of a lot of people would have immediately called for him to be taken off the show and like then he would have and then like he would have received a lot of hatred for it and a lot of like abuse for it because you know it's a male taking advantage of a female and in this case like no one's really called for well like they have but there hasn't been that like huge backlash like with like say like Harvey Weinstein and like um the house of cards guy <laughs> yeah, spacey yeah spacey kevin spacey mm. we we do not speak his name <laughs> <laughs> yeah it overall it seems kind of to be like it it's this double standard mm-hmm. that's it's fine that that happened because it was it was a boy and mm-hmm. boys always want to get kissed by katie perry <laughs> but I, question mark i have noticed though that a lot of the backlash that has come against Katy Perry are a lot of the same women that were like, what Harvey Weinstein did was terrible. He needs to be taken off. What Kevin Spacey did is terrible. He needs to be taken off. They're sitting there holding her to the same standard saying, what she did was terrible. She needs to be taken off, which is really awesome to see. Like I'm seeing it more and more as like this year progresses even of these same women that are holding these men to these standards being like, well, women can't do it either. Yeah. I I think there's a larger conversation about like consent Mm -hmm. that needs to be had. And it's like, even if you think that it would be very flattering for your famous self to kiss this 19 year old, nobody doing so without permission is still pretty iffy. And even if like she had asked directly, like, can I can I kiss you? Like he's on television, she is a person in a place of power yeah. and you know, he's on the spot and it's very the pressure's there. Not only is she, you know, this person of fame and fortune, but she's also the judge who's potentially the gatekeeper to his career's success. Yeah. There there's definitely some some conflict of interest here, you know. I that goes with like what happened with Harvey Weinstein, you know, those actresses in the hotel room and they're like, "Well, if if you know he says that I can't work in this town, then that's pretty much it for my career." So it's it's the balance of do you do this thing in order to continue your career or and what then, are you able to do? And then I very often with male victims of sexual assault or even, you know, <clears throat> rape or anything, it's this thing where oftentimes it's the men that are saying, well, why are you upset about it? Like, you got to kiss Katy Perry. It's like, no, like, yeah, it was Katy Perry, but th- that's not the point. Like, you shouldn't just because you're a male doesn't mean that you automatically want every sexual advance that comes your way or every sexual opportunity. Yeah, that was a lot of the conversation happening with um, back in 2015 at Coachella. Are you going to Coachella? But uh, (laughs) Madonna and Drake performed together and there's this infamous scene of Madonna suddenly forcibly, like that's, that is an appropriate word in this case, forcibly, uh, kissing Drake on stage. Yeah. And he's like the number one thing that you get when you search for this is a video of it and it says Drake totally grossed out or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, clearly this wasn't rehearsed. He wasn't expecting this. And 
I'm there's no consent to be had on yeah. a stage in while performing, I don't think. So, uh, of course, afterward, you know, everyone tweeted like, oh, no, it was totally fine. I'm sorry if I looked like freaked out at the moment. But I think that's kind of one of those things where you can't be like Madonna forcibly kissed me on stage and I'm upset about it. This is sexual assault or whatever, because, I mean, it is Madonna, which is like if you go against Madonna, even though she's on her way out in terms of like the music scene, Mm -hmm. that's still like, again, a person in a place of power. And then it was just like, what really bothered me, though, is that when you watch the video, you can visibly see him upset about it and visibly see him like not grossed out, but just like disgusted and appalled and all these feelings that a lot of women feel when things like that happen to them. And but I wait, think- Cora, we already established men don't have feelings. <laughs> They're not allowed to have those oh, and right. express well. those clearly. No. Correct. (laughs) Says the android in the corner. Um, But like, (laughs) it's it's very upsetting that in order to save face, these men have these men can't be like, yeah, I felt very violated. They have to be like, oh no, it was fine. Like, it was just unexpected. It's whatever. Like, no. Like you you got sexually assaulted, and I think it's that stigma of men can't be raped that keep men from saying that this wasn't appropriate. Like this. A a lot of conversations around (coughs) sexual assault and rape center around, you know, it's often being perpetrated by men. And statistically, that is true. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't also happen to men, especially by women. Mm -hmm. I think that because that's something that's never talked about, it's something that people don't consider, like, A, a thing that can happen. And then they might not think that their actions are wrong. Mm -hmm. Like... Um, you know, we we have conversations about marital rape, mm-hmm. and that's de- like you can be married to someone and refuse to have any kind of sexual relations with them. That is within your rights, definitely. Otherwise, yeah. that's that's just the same kind of sexual assault as if it would have been a stranger. But um, I think that even within those dynamics that sometimes there are women that are also doing the coercing and being like, oh, come on, you have to, we're married, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's something that should be more regularly talked about and normalized and not like, oh, you're just a soy boy or whatever, or like a cuck. (laughs) Those are, okay. So I wanted to touch on these terms because they're very popular at the moment. Yeah. Uh, these terms being, and I don't know if this is something we'll have to censor. Like, cuck is just, like, not a fun word to say. It's, it sounds pretty sweary. It, it's, it's like, really it's one curve away from yeah, being very inappropriate. That's true. And it just, but it still reminds me of, like, a chicken but smaller. <laughs> what if that's what, like, chicks but like, were called? But, like, not a chick, but, like, like a teenage chicken, you know? <laughs> like, 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 not quite, not quite the full O, like but, like, not a chick. Like, it's in the rebellious stage. <laughs> yes. Like, like they're, they're the black chickens that exist. It's like, this, is, this isn't a phase, mom. Like... <laughs> I'm a cuck for life. (laughs) Actual quote that I've said now and is now on the internet. But the actual term comes from, I think it is a a bird. It's a cuckold, which is like a bird that um, will go into other birds' nests and lay their eggs. So then those birds have to raise its child 
in lieu of and the other bird kills their actual yeah. children, their actual child birds, child birds, yeah. bird children, bird children, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're little cucks. But <laughs> anyway, but and so this is a terminology of like men who are not able to satisfy their significant others yeah. and thus they have to go find that elsewhere and then for some reason they watch that's a thing too the witches of the coven informing you about cockledry <laughs> so you don't have to ruin your internet history <laughs> yeah don't google it don't google don't. it guys but it's it's a word that's especially being thrown around in terms of like men who exhibit like i'd say effeminate or liberal leaning behavior it's like oh you're just the a leftist cuck or whatever i see that a lot on reddit a lot <laughs> that ends like equating like making femininity or effeminate or um feminine behaviors an insult is is very prominent like i don't know about you but if a man is in front of me making a delicious meal cooking doing something that is considered a feminine thing oh my god yes cook for me i am a fat woman please feed me (laughs) like feed me delicious food like feed me seymour let's go like come on (laughs) now if we're talking about grilling that's something i could get behind yeah and like really yeah (laughs) tm but it's still cooking yeah but but wait wait actually it's outside of the kitchen so then it can't be fire it's Fire, fire, charcoal, gasoline. Look at all this manly matches like grilling, (laughs) and they're doing meat. They're not grilling like vegetables or like pineapple. No, it's steaks, like baking. Yeah, baking is. You're not gonna grill a slab of tofu or some other (laughs) soy boy stuff. (laughs) Wait. Wasn't it the last episode of The Coven we talked about how, like, the soy boy thing, like, okay, it's essentially what? being like, okay, so all these, uh, you know, liberal-leaning guys are, like, drinking soy instead of regular milk, and that's, like, feminizing them because of something in soy that, like, binds with estrogen or whatever, but Tanner told us. I think that was me. Phytoestrogens. Oh, wait. You told us. In, people think that the phytoestrogens in soy bond to human estrogen receptors in men and, you know, make them more effeminate. However, they're phytoestrogens, phyto being the Greek, uh, what's it, not a suffix, prefix. Um, prefix. The, prefix, root. phyto yes. being the Greek prefix for plant. So it doesn't react in human bodies the same way as it does regular estrogen. Regular estrogen, which is found in products like milk. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So, actually, all you guys drinking regular milk. It's not the soybeans making milk. you effeminate. It's the cows. Right, which, like, there would be no detectable level of, like, feminizing mm-hmm. or whatever. But regardless, it is it is down to, like, this, like, uh, hatred for anything feminine or, like, the refusal that, like feminine and masculine aspects can exist within the same person yeah even though that's been very normalized in women yes like you can be a tom girl i'd like to point out it's not only just the demonization of anything feminine it's also you know putting anything extra masculine up on a pedestal Mm. so it's not just saying being feminine is wrong it's saying being masculine is better it's better 
better to be masculine. And it's and it's almost like my when I think of that, I immediately think of like male ballet dancers. When you think of ballet, you think of women and oh yes, grace and air and oh, I'm so tiny and pink and frill and okay, but like if you look at male ballet dancers, oh oh my god, like they are beautiful, beautiful They're ripped. people. They like. And, and like, that's the thing is that ballet, male football players, these 300 plus pound, like just walking mounds of muscle will go and do ballet to help their balance and, and their, their physique and like their ability, like their, their footwork because Mm. ballet is footwork. And it's like, you're not going to laugh at a 300 pound linebacker that is doing a plie are you and it's like no because <laughs> you're gonna get hit right there was this interesting line stay with me for this from the sweet life of zach and cody <laughs> mr mosby <laughs> is explaining why he did ballet as a kid because the kids go what and he said you know all those other guys were playing sports you know playing football surrounded by men I was the only boy in a room full of 30 pretty girls. And then he said, (laughs) Mama didn't raise no fool. And that's just kind of the only way that uh, men seem to justify that Mm. ballet. It's not about being able to improve your balance, your footwork, your flexibility, or even about Mm -hmm. any other aesthetic benefit of dance. Or just enjoying it. Right. It's about... The only way I've ever heard it defended is, yeah, man, I get to be in a room full of girls, you know, lifting them, you know, all that stuff. And it just, it's so icky. I've heard the same things about, like, yoga. Or, like, there was this show, I forget what it was. It was just, like, an episode and a side character was like, oh, yeah, I became a yoga instructor. And then I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I get to help all these girls, like, bend and flex and move. And it was just like... bad vibes bad vibes for that for that type of thing to be socially acceptable even with that that gaze once again of men want to have sex all the time men constantly have that gaze of well i'm doing this because well i'm in a room full of full of women and so i i can pick and choose and do all the things (laughs) and um (laughs) it's 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 that's so icky because like it's more socially acceptable for a man to come off as a predator than to be like yeah i just like ballet yeah i want to be in don quixote's you know or the don quixote or i want to be in swan lake i want to be the prince or i want to you know be in this ballet and but it really yeah Fun fact, the only reason I'm here is so that I can be in a room alone with two other women. Oh. You know, wow. that's I mean, we knew how. this because wow. you're a man. Right. We assumed yeah. this before. Yeah. We assume <laughs> you only wanted to tell, come talk about toxic masculinity because, you know, Daly and I are here and we're, we're yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What really disturbs me, kind of, is just the normalization of predatory things, violent things, just yeah. all, a lot of negative stuff being very masculine, but then like victimization being inherently feminine. Like a lot of the times when we're talking about uh, victims of whatever kind of violence, it's it's women a lot of the time, which is statistically true. But then that winds up leaving out men from the mm-hmm. equation when men are being taken advantage of, especially boys, I think, 
there's a lot of pressure on young boys to live up to ideals that are a impossible and b just getting kind of out of hand i think as of late they're like we talk a lot about like how there's like a feminine ideal that's like just incapable of reaching you know women can't have it all and all that but i think there's a lot to be said about the way uh society pressures men and i think that leads to some some real life consequences like how boys are you know teens they're always wanting to have sex or whatever mm-hmm. even 13 year olds that are taken advantage of by their you know 20 years senior older teachers mm-hmm. uh, or you often see yeah. the trope of like the old or like the older rich white woman that has the pool boy yeah that's that, that that's one. a weird when thinking about that again if things were switched that would be really predatory and creepy but instead we have like oh it's funny that she's mm-hmm. like flirting with the pool boy who could be her son yeah like did anyone else get that weird feeling during season two of stranger things <gasps> yes when billy comes over to uh the house and the mom is just like oh my goodness <laughs> and i was just sitting there in my couch just going Oh my goodness. Like, like in a in a way I understand why more of the female gaze I'm gonna you know, say the female gaze because you know, we we as women can gaze at men like men have gazed we can, at we can objectify people and, certainly. And like, you know, I feel as if I've noticed it more and more and it's it a lot of people say, you know, agree that both are wrong, we shouldn't do that and then some are saying, Well, if men can do it to us, we should be able to do it to men and I just feel like it's all wrong. Like, yes, yeah, so for an eye makes the whole world blind. Yeah, like, I feel like it's all wrong. Like, yeah, I get the idea of wanting to be equal. It's like, well, if men can have a whole Sports Illustrated issue of, you know, women in very tiny bikinis and being like, oh, my God, look at me. I'm on a basketball court. Then we should be able to have, you know, <clears throat> our own type of playboy where it's like, you know, men. Playgirl. Yeah, playgirl. But it's like. I don't I don't think that's that's not good. Like if you want to do that as a person, if you want to be in that type of shoot, I believe that you know, you should do whatever you want to. But societally, bigger so, yeah, picture. Socially, we shouldn't gaze at 18-year-old boys or like even 16-year-old boys like like men will gaze at 16-year-old girls because your physical body doesn't mandate what you're ready for you know Mm. like I had a friend um in high school she was freshman I was sophomore girl girl was gifted (laughs) in the um uh chest region very Mm. like Mm -hmm. like mature woman and she you know she was 14 constantly had to fend off men constantly like grown-ass men grown-ass men no and like a teacher or two like it was bad and I wouldn't ever want a 14-year-old boy who looked like, you know, he was 24 and, like, ripped and, like, a swimmer or something to be, like, having to fend that off as for, as a 14-year-old. So, like, I get the equality of wanting to be like, oh, well, we should be able to do that. But at the same time, it's not appropriate at all mm-hmm. <laughs> and on either spectrum. Yeah, turning the stereotype on its head... <laughs> And having the roles reversed isn't subversion. It's just a new type of gross yeah. stereotype. It's, it's yay, a new, type new of grossness. It's new. Yeah. It's still gross, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in Easy A, 
one of the main which it's an old movie no spoilers you, you should have seen <laughs> it by now you should yeah. have seen it by now but one of the main plot lines is that um this teacher is sleeping with someone and you know she's in her 40s it's lisa kudrow and um it's this like student that has been held back two years so it's like technically okay but it's like he's still a teenager Mm -hmm. i always hate when people are like well they're they're legal and it's like they are still like a child i don't Mm -hmm. care what the law says like you are not ready at 16, 17, even 18 to process a relationship with someone that has significant power over you in age and position is just gross. Because even from like age 18 to 19, you learn so much about yourself and you change so much because you exit the dichotomy of high school Mm -hmm. into the world of adult and the world of figuring out no matter where you're going, whether that's college or trade school or straight into work, like how to be a person yeah that doesn't have to go to school every day and if 22 year old me now sat with 18 year old me i'd probably punch her in the face <laughs> like, <laughs> like no matter no matter how like open minded you are that you think that you're 18 like you learn and grow so much within a short amount of time and it's i feel as if 18 year olds aren't ready no matter if they're male or female to enter into more adult worlds like like 25 year olds or like 27 year olds or even 30 year olds like they're in a completely different world yeah and certainly like 13 year old boys are not ready for relationships with their teachers no but that happens and that's what it's often described as it's described as a relationship Mm -hmm. that a young boy has with a much older woman when again if the roles were reversed that would just be described as sexual assault or mm-hmm. rape or statutory rape what have you but oftentimes when these instances of female teachers taking advantage of young boys in their classes it's described as teen sex or a relationship or my personal favorite a sex romp <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about the word romp earlier and romps is leave it it's innocence the word romp should be very innocent it should be what'd you say jeremy like puppies it's just like picture a couple of dogs just rolling around in a field of flowers that's a romp and like a sunshiny day butterflies everywhere that should be a romp that shouldn't be a much older woman taking advantage of a prepubescent boy Mm -hmm. that's just that that's rape that's what that's called and yet there's this hesitation to call it that. We're close with the word. Romp, rape, just <laughs> change some of the letters, please. Two of the letters are the same. Oh, We're getting there. Man. 50% <sighs> is still an F, guys. <laughs> it's not, We're still not in other countries. In America. <laughs> We're American. 50% is an F. Oh <laughs> but, there, but then there's... So what what gets me the most is, A, there's a failure at proper reporting, I think, mm-hmm. in in covering these issues. But then what winds up happening on social media afterward is that there's, like, these memes posted about, like, oh, why did he complain? Why did he report her? I wish teachers were like that back in my day. And it's, like, you're talking about, like, a very young person that isn't familiar with mm-hmm. like sex in whatever way 
being taken advantage of by a person in power. How are you jealous of that? I'm not. I, I don't understand. Like, and, and it's so awful for these young boys to, one, have the courage and being able to go to, to people and be like, hey, like, Miss, you know, Williams, you know, the other day kept me after school and proceeded to sexually assault me and get it, and then getting laughed at. Yeah. Because... I, yeah. I think part of it is the uh, masculine, you know, idea of sexual dominance mm -hmm. and that, you know, it doesn't matter if they're a teacher. It doesn't matter if they're 20 years your senior. If they chose you, that means you were able to tempt them. Oh, my. Ugh. Yeah. I, huh. I, I think... Huh. As girls, we're very mm -hmm. much attuned to realizing very early on that when older men are into you, that's not cool yeah. because there's a society around that that's based on like trying to be mm -hmm. like, actually, no, don't be into that. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Whereas with young boys, there there's none of that same conversation happening. No, yeah, it's like, forget Stacy, the cutest girl in class. I got the teacher. To pay attention to me in that way. Well, and then, like, there's that sense of power, which, you know, they're not used to, which, mm -hmm. because they're suddenly in this role of power. And then it also reminds me, um, it reminded me, <laughs> this is, this is a bad sentence to say out of context, but it reminded me of pedophilia and the fact that, like, if a 60-year-old man is, is crushing on, you know, a 12-year-old girl, it's pedophilia. Like, no, mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. But if a 60-year-old woman is into a 13-year-old boy, it's not really, you don't really see or consider that pedophilic. Like, you you never see women pedophiles. It's only men. And, like, I think that's the stigma is that, well, if it's pedophilic, or, like, if, if a 60-year-old man is a pedophile for looking at a 13-year-old girl, then if that were reversed, it's the same exact situation. It's just a young boy. Yeah. But like there's this there's this pushback against mm -hmm. men being victims like they are victims. They are victimized by other people. But like claiming that title isn't mm -hmm. like, OK. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you, then if you're the victim, you're not in control. Mm. And it's, you know, you don't get the glory of stopping it. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I, I think there's this weird like with seeing like some of these like text exchanges posted about like how um, these women groom these young boys, it's very much like seeming like it's like oh I I'm I want to like get to know you better. I think you're really cool, mm -hmm. etc. And it's it it's like flattering them a lot. It's that kind of grooming where it's centered around like oh you'll be able to date me and we'll keep it. It'll be our secret, etc. And it's a little different from the way that I think that um, men groom young girls mm -hmm. because it's a lot more focused around like uh, this is something cool that you are doing versus this is something that is being perpetrated against you. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it happens and it's sad. And then but I think I don't it's just all the more worse when like there's not that support system that women get after sexual assault like uh, like even 
what happened with Terry Crews, and he was um, assaulted by a man, but there were still people, which, by the way, you can't invalidate Terry Crews in any way possible. Mm-hmm. Like, he is... He is amazing. It's Terry Crews. He is very secure in who he is as a person. But there were people being like, you know, you're blowing that out of proportion. Um, You know, men can't be sexually assaulted. Um, And I think it's even more so when like women sexually assault men because it's like what women don't have the power in that situation. So they're unable to do that when in actuality that's yeah. it's not, it's not how it works. Or it's like people are less likely to believe that your five foot tall girlfriend assaulted your your six foot tall or six foot nine inch self like person. Like I often notice that domestic abuse victims also get laughed at because it's like, well, she's only five feet. What do you mean that she hit you? And like, it's like you, know, you let her hit you versus like, like if a man hits a woman, then mm-hmm. there, there's nothing that a woman can do to stop that. Whereas for some reason, there's an expectation that men are able to shut that down, mm-hmm. even if like I'm I'm dating a female bodybuilder. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's just, there's some mechanism in the male body that just shuts all that down. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, no. (laughs) Uh, That's that's one of my... I love you, you're wonderful. That's one of my favorite conversations about how the words, the oxymoron of legitimate rape, Mm -hmm. that was was where that was. But, um, so, throughout this conversation that we've had, the core of the issue here is is toxic masculinity, which we've already said, you know, seeing uh, demonizing femininity, which includes emotions, feelings, expressing them and kind of strength being the be all end all and the dichotomy that, mm-hmm. you know, women are weak, men yeah. are strong. Therefore, men cannot be taken advantage of by women mm-hmm. because that doesn't make sense. What? what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but... Um, so all of these things, toxic masculinity is often discussed within the realms of feminism. and But then there's the other side, which I argue is like kind of the other side of the same coin, if I'm mm-hmm. using that phrase correctly. There's men's rights activism. Meninism. M- MRAs. MRAs. That always, <laughs> the, the abbreviation says a lot more than the like word itself, just because it sounds like the NRA, <laughs> it's it's close, and they're it's both pointless close. organizations. Yeah, I mean it's. Ooh, that's <laughs> you know, air horn, air horn. I just love the monotone of it. <laughs> but isn't men's rights activism just feminism? Yeah, but anti-women. No, daily, because the third wave feminists are out with their cultural Marxism to destroy Western civilization. I mean, we knew that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, men's they're... rights activists are there to save Western civilization. Right. <laughs> right. Our saviors. I wish you could. You all could see his face. It's saviors. just. It's. But... No, really, don't. There's a reason I chose podcast instead of doing a video. <laughs> no. So men's rights activism is is fighting for a lot of the same issues that feminism fights for. Yeah. It's being like gender is a social construct and we need to stop basing so much on it because that hurts people. Yeah. And it hurts men, too, especially a lot of the things that men's rights activists talk about or say that they talk about is uh, intimate partner violence, you know, father's rights. Um, but all this is like skewed toward. No, this isn't feminism because feminism is anti-man. 
inherently. So it's like, no. <laughs> because Femi- feminism talks about men negatively. Like, feminism is is nowadays a movement in which we try to find equality of the genders like equality of of all people like egalitarian like if bob over there makes 750 jenna should also make 750 if they are both making cubes like if if bob over there makes red cubes and jenna makes blue cubes but they're still the same cube she shouldn't get paid like six dollars while he makes 750 like or like if she gets hit by her husband and then he gets hit by his wife they should both get the same treatment and the same solidarity and like backing they both have a black eye they both have a black eye like it's 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 that simple and i feel like media and just like certain um like productions and just things about feminism have been misinterpreted or it's just the radical ones like the very radical vocal minorities vocal minorities that that make feminism seem bad or make people less likely to identify as a feminist when it's like no we we, like in a book called femme by uh, jennifer Baumgartner, she talks about how she asks people well is sarah palin a feminist and most people are like well no and she's like well why not you know as a governor, you know, she she's pro-life, but she hasn't used her power to restrict abortion rights. Like she's she very much acknowledges that, you know, her position is due to previous feminists and, and the second wave movement. And, you know, she she is the breadwinner of her family and she acknowledges that. And, you know, it just makes people not upset but just be like well but there's there's a there's a hesitation to accept the title feminist because of associated stigmas Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's a lot of the mras are like oh no we're not we're not they would never identify as feminists it's it's different it's inherently different feminism is the enemy yeah feminism is the whiny you know pink dyed haired (laughs) you know segment of the female population that's concerned about why there isn't more body positivity in you know 1940s disney princesses or you know something like that Mm -hmm. whereas real men's rights activists talk about you know the suicide rate being higher among men the dropout rates being higher among men you know and they take on these actual legitimate issues and they construct such a weird nonsensical straw man of feminists to argue against that they just they convince themselves that feminism is about restricting free speech for safe spaces and for trigger warnings and these extra sensitivity measures that are inclusive to people that they don't necessarily need because a lot of these people are straight white cis het men the straight which are men. the most oppressed demographic in 2018 right we touched on this in last week's episode of the coven <laughs> when talking about the alt right but uh, recent cultural movements have shifted to focus on previously oppressed groups and a lot of the time most of the time these groups are not just previously oppressed mm-hmm. they are continually oppressed And And these people feel that because there's this focus Mm -hmm. on others and trying to lift these other people up, 
they feel like there's not as much focus on them. And so it's cool and subversive to be against raising other people up to get the focus back on them. What about me? <laughs> I feel like Who's it's this weird me? psychology of like, say everyone has a level where it's like, you know, straight white men are at like level 45 and then you know other minorities are at like level 10 or level 15 and it's like well we want to raise our level to you know 30 and they're like but but what about but what about us like we're not level 50 yet like we're well but what about us and it's like well no we're not downgrading your level but we want to be raised up and let people know that like we're here and it's like well no i'm not level 50 yet but now my level is less in comparison to everyone else's level yeah and it's like it, we're not, it goes back to that supremacy and it's like we're not we're not ignoring the fact that you know men have higher su- suicide rates or these issues or the issues that they bring up are relevant that a lot of feminists think about but it's the fact that we're, we're not ignoring you but we're also making you aware that this thing happens to women this other thing happens to women of color this other thing happens like we're not making you lesser we're just yeah. I mean, letting you know things happen disproportionately to women mm-hmm. and people of color and ex- all these things that straight cisgendered white dudes are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part of it is that they see, you know, these movements actually do help other people. Yeah. And they see that their life isn't going great. And, you know, part of that's the economy, the economic malaise, the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot of people still haven't seen a lot of economic recovery from the 20, 2008 uh, Great Recession. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times when people see that other people are getting help, they're still worse off than they used to be. And so to them, they're still very much in need of help. And it's just one of those things where it's not widely known, you know, yeah, the economic well-being of trans women of color is statistically so much worse than the average white straight male that trying to pass legislation and you know empower a social movement to benefit these people you know it kind of helps them too and it's kind of really important yeah in society yeah yeah it's when ever these issues are talked about, like higher suicide rates in uh, men, it's often kind of aimed at a way where it's like, well, while you were busy paying attention to all the minorities, you're leaving behind the men. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're going to take care of everyone, but proportionally, you're okay for now. I don't want to like invalid, like, if you if a person drowns in three feet of water and a person drowns in nine feet of water, those people are still dead. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much water there was. It doesn't matter how many issues were being uh, considered. It still sucks. Like they still um, drowned. But yeah. the point of it is that we're trying to make it so that they won't drown in either one of those pools. Yeah. Drain the pools. It's like we or like we just want a lifeguard, like <laughs> lifeguard at both those poles, like yeah. both those pools. But yeah. you're not letting us get the lifeguard. Yeah. Water wings for everyone. <laughs> yes. Like we've started a new movement. Water safety, guys. It's also very important. But it's also very important for if these like men's rights activists, these MRAs, if they're going to claim to be so, you know, dedicated to their activism and their cause, then I think. There needs to be a more 
I, I would hate for, to ask them to be more vocal in any way, but mm-hmm. they should really be more vocal about like, hey, boys are being taken advantage of. Maybe you should say something about that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you should pay attention to doing more than just bashing on feminists because that's that's often the only thing I see associated with MRAs is, is bashing on feminists because feminism is anti-man. You mean watching the YouTube channel Feminism Wrecked with oh an with a R E K T doesn't Ugh. actually help. That's so what? gross. I'm sorry, Jeremy. It doesn't. It doesn't help anyone. It really doesn't. <laughs> I I think that people see think that there's like some kind of benefit to to being like anti-feminist. That they're like, no. I don't know if it's just like what you said before, Jeremy, with like being subversive is like cool, like subverting that. Um, or just like that they think that the f- message of feminism is so harmful that in objecting it, they're, they're when helping. It's like, I feel like people should understand that the current wave of feminism, the current idea of feminism, isn't that if Betty wants to be a housewife and marry her husband and have her children and never work a day in her life, that's her choice. That's the message of feminism. Because I, as a feminist, if I want to go out, be a single lady, you know, be a CEO, do the corporation thing, work, and then, you know, do all those things later, that doesn't mean that Betty is any less of a person or less of a feminist than me. It's, you go, girl, way to live your life the way that you want to live your life. That's that's what feminism is, is supporting and being there for others that... And being able to make it so that Betty can do what she wants, while I can also do what I want. And so that if John wants to go open a bakery that has kittens and pastels... John, please do it. <laughs> then, then John can go do that. But if, like... Mickey, I don't, I don't know where I'm getting these names, by the way. But if like Mickey wants to go open a gym or a barbershop and have like hardcore music and then like have like you know all those things, then he can do that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what feminism is, and I feel like that's what the meninists or the MRA misses. There's this interesting uh, phenomenon in sociology called cultivation theory, mm. and it was back in the 1960s. It was a study done on you know people and the media that they consumed and this was in the golden age of television and basically what they found was that because there were like three networks and everyone watched television everyone had a common basis to think about reality you know Mm. everyone was getting virtually the same information across the board and that helped to moderate political opinion as -hmm. a result because it affected how people viewed the world Mm -hmm. you know it's not saying that you know everything you watch will always affect every person it's saying that you know some of the stuff you watch will affect some of the people some of the time if everyone has the same reference toward whatever issue then that's probably going to be their opinion on said issue right if If you're afraid of that if you're afraid of the outside world and you see a news story after news story about violence you're going to think that the world is more violent than it is despite you know, statistics saying that violence is going down. That's cultivation theory. Hmm. But what's happening now is in the digital age, we're getting into these social media and just beyond social media. Yeah, exactly. We're getting into these bubbles Bubbles. where we are trapped in an ideological network. Right, where Mm -hmm. none of our information or opinions are being challenged. And so I think for part of it, why feminism wrecked you know, helps plays into this (laughs) is that, you know, when all these people watch MRAs and they watch feminism wrecked, 
their actual perception of what they think the world is and what they think feminism is, it just changes. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the complete departure from reality. Yeah, I think that was uh, to also promote more episodes. That was the episode before the last episode. We talked about yeah. bubbles in social media and whether or not it's okay to unfriend your racist aunt on Facebook, which I, I think you gotta at some point. But that's my personal opinion. But yeah, I like filtering like should, out dissent. You should always have differing opinions, but at the same time, if the differing opinion isn't willing to see. The differences to their opinion, then what's the point of having those people around? And everyone's just shouting and no one's listening. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's a lot of what hap- is happening with the MRA. There's a lot of shouting and neither side kind of listening to each other. Um, I, I think that they have valid things to say, certainly, especially about like father's rights mm-hmm. or um, intimate partner violence, etc. But I, th- I think everyone's kind of getting lost in like being anti this or anti that. And I, I think at its core that gender makes things really weird and we've based society on this for way too long and I think that everyone can be taken advantage of and we need to acknowledge that and not be afraid to acknowledge that both internally and societally. Yeah. 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 I agree. Because everyone is vulnerable to being taken advantage of because in all society there's always going to be that creep. There's always that creep that mm-hmm. new creep is John Kay, the creator of Ren and Stimpy. But that's oh. that's oh, the what? animation A team next week. What? Be sure to listen. Oh no, <laughs> we're oh, talking God. about John Kay. But this has been the Coven Podcast. Thank you guys. Wait, Jeremy. To learn more about the phenomenon of toxic masculinity, check out the. Uh, Netflix documentary in the mask you live in. Oh, I love that. That's documentary. a really good title for that. It's That's all about so the phenomenon of toxic masculinity. It was really weird watching it. It was a beautiful documentary, though. No, it's really well done, and I think almost every single point that they make is really on point. It really resonates, but it just never resonated with me, probably because I grew up outside of the sphere of the ultra-competitive jock masculinity yeah. circle. Throw like a girl. But it, but it really not, opens... I'm not, it, that just it, sounds it, like I just accused it, you of it that. Really, no, it really I opens don't. your eyes to what exists right now in our society with young men and the double standard that they, too, also have to live with, even though it's a little bit more subversive than the double standard of women. I'm going to give that a watch for sure. So please watch yeah. it. And it's Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. Nice. 2015 nice. documentary. It's good. Nice. And if you're into reading, there's a great 10-piece uh, uh, investigative study from the Indianapolis Star, actually, mm. called Exploited. And it's all about child sex and mm. what goes on with that. Oh, daily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But it's... Really well written. The opinion editor of the Indie Star went out for a full year and traveled around the world to do some intense boots on the ground research into child sex. Why does it happen? Who does it happen to? Who perpetuates this? And what can we do? Neat. 
Neat. I love local stuff. I love promoting local stuff. Yes. For sure. For sure. Jeremy, you always keep things so academic here. I really appreciate that that aspect that you bring on to the coven. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Also, uh, for other reading material, Jennifer Baum Gardner is a good author with the book Femme. Um, Roxanne Gay with Bad yes. Feminism is very good. Um, there's also, uh, I forget some authors, but Click, as well as, um, oh, what was the other book that I read? Uh, uh, um, Feminism and Pop Culture as well by um, Andy Zeisler. Andy nice. Zeisler. Little so. known, but Roxanne Gay is technically local. She works at Purdue. Hmm. Yeah. So well, neat. We're one, one school over, kind of. Purdue's, <laughs> Purdue's its own thing. Oh, we Purdue. won't get into that. But hmm. we did get into toxic masculinity. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Boo. Boo. Firmly boo <laughs> on that front. But this is Yay been, on talking about it. Yay on talking about mm-hmm. it. Keeping the conversation going. But this has been the Coven Podcast. I have been your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today was... The crying wizard, Jeremy Rogers. <laughs> the crying he wizard. has acknowledged his emotions <coughs> because men are allowed to do that. Yes. And? And Cor Wilson, your druid of decibels. Thanks, guys, for joining us. You can find all our other podcasts here at ByteBSU.com or on our SoundCloud at The Ball State Daily, as well as on iTunes. Definitely give us a follow along with... We're on Facebook, where we will definitely not post terrible MRA memes. We're on Twitter, no MRA memes there. We're on Instagram, maybe there will be an MRA meme there. There will not. (laughs) But uh, be sure to follow us on social media and join us again next week for the Coven Podcast.